Blog Talk Radio. Aloha and welcome to Talking Pictures. I'm your host, Paul Booth. Today we're going to come at you with a great double feature that I saw at Dance with Films. Uh, the first one we talk about, I want to let you know right off the bat that uh, anything I discuss, are they are the opinions of Talking Pictures. They don't reflect the thoughts of Dance with Films, the filmmakers, the PR rep, anyone. It's a film that tackles a very, very, very important social issue. Um, it's listed as a war drama. The second one, and both of these are going to be playing Wednesday night. I know it's kind of short notice. Uh, we meant to get this out earlier, and we had a small technical glitch. Um, thankfully, any filmmaker out there understands that. Uh, the first film we talked about screens Wednesday. Uh, well, I'll tell you the screen time after, but the first one I want to get into, um, Heroes Don't Come Home. This is written by a uh, filmmaker who was in the Marines. So there's an authenticity to it that uh, was earned. And uh, this is one of the few times that I'm going to review a film. And we kind of have a policy at the show where we don't talk too much about ourselves because this, this show is about the filmmakers. But this was a film that I, I personally related to, not just the way any human can, because I think not all humans go through this process. Um, we'll start it out with uh, the log line, which is deep in the woods of Maine, a broken promise made after the September 11th attacks forces two friends to confront the teenagers they were and the men they've become. Now, the film obviously deals with PTSD, uh, soldiers returning from war. Um, pardon me, hit my foot there on the studio uh, case. Um, I want to let you know also, for any of you new listeners talking pictures, the show uh, is modeled to be like a coffee shop talk. We want you to feel like you're just kicking back with your friends. So, you know, grab a tea, grab a cup of water. I'll, I will be drinking water on air and it's not being unprofessional. It's just to, we want you to feel like you're at home. So uh, back to the movie, we, uh, this film, of course, can bring up debates about PTSD, veterans, what president did this or that, but uh, it essentially is dealing with Marines go through when they return. And my father being a Vietnam veteran, um, you know, I'm always thankful that he's not completely gone or uh, putting it in our face. Um, I have the deepest respect for veterans. My brother also was in war, um, part of the Iraq war. And I have another uncle who was in the Marines, thankfully not at wartime. And I have a cousin who's in the Marines right now. So this hit home uh, in a big way. And through just knowing veterans myself, it really captured what they go through. I, I, I've not met a veteran who enlisted as a way of kind of to get back at the terrorists or to get back at what people did. Um, of course, my father was drafted. My friend went in because... Uh, the financial promises that the Marines made him. And again, I'm not going to, I'm not disrespecting anyone here. Um, but for me, the way this film followed uh, two friends from when one friend goes in to years later in their life, uh, that was something that I experienced with my best friend. He was recruited out of high school. I was sitting with him when the recruiter came up to us. I, I can remember it plain as day. I could explain everything to you about it. And here we are 23 years as fr friends. Uh, this is 20 years ago that he went into the Marines. 20 years ago, 
around this time, summer. And so for me, it was like, I've seen, we've known each other since basically puberty and we're 37 years old now. And so you really get to, we both have seen the evolution of each other. And I, and I could definitely see where, you know, with me, he didn't really change uh, after the war because I was someone who knew him before and after, but in other ways he significantly changed. And I felt like uh, the strongest part of this movie was the writing. Of course, they say, write what you know, but this was taking that to another level. This was um, having a strong point of view as a director. And of course it's a first time director. So any flaws in the movie, um, it's just what happens to first time directors. Um, myself, I've only directed one short, and a great mentor of mine said, well, the only flaws are what the mistakes that any first-time director makes. So with that, um, we are not going to, we never fault the film. We're not going to fault the director because it's ambitious. There were some great scenes that if you don't have a 20, 50, $100 million budget, uh, some war scenes in it. Um, I don't want, I don't know if I'm pronouncing the director's name right or not. Um, Jake Halsey. Jake Hulse, he spells H-U-L-S-E, so we want to make sure we have that right, and it was just an all-around, like I said, any any time, you know, that you, get, that you get uncomfortable with the pacing, it's hard to know when to edit your movie as a director, you always want that extra scene, or you want that extra moment, or you want something that's relevant to you, but might not be relevant to audience, so uh, the only thing that I probably I found with it and I'm not going to say it's against the movie, is that maybe it was 10 or 15 minutes too long, but I mean, that's happened with the last five or six Spielberg movies. So it's an X factor, and it's why they call it movie magic, because you really never know if you need those extra 10 minutes. With Spielberg, it's usually 30 or 45 minutes. Um, so uh, Wednesday, June 8th, you know, this had great cinematography. There wasn't huge continuity errors. There wasn't sound problems. The fact that it's even in Dances with Films in their 19th year, you know it's going to be good. Uh, and you have a chance to see this uh, tomorrow night, Wednesday, June 8th, or if you're listening to this Wednesday, tonight, June 8th at 9.30, Dances with Films in the Man's Chinese Six Multiplex, which is right there in smack in the middle of Hollywood, next door to Grauman's Chinese. And it's actually in the same complex where the Oscars are held. So for your film history buffs, you get to... Uh, go to the building and see some really cool columns that have the best pictures listed on it. And it's just an all around good thing. The one thing I can say about Dances with Films, they're very indie friendly. You will see a lot of movies that have uh, known actors and actresses or actors and actresses that you can spot from a lot of movies. Um, so that's what's kind of cool about this. Um, I know there's a short, I think it played already called Monsters. that We really wanted to see what, I only sky from say anything uh, that's probably in my top 10 of all time favorites, my real top 10, not the way we change our top 10 every day as film lovers. So with that, I just want to say hats off to these filmmakers uh, for going out on the limb. It's, it's unfortunate that uh, it's considered risque or going out on the limb, but uh, they're going to have their world premiere and I, I really hope people turn out for it. It's, you know, Forget Trump, forget Hillary, forget Bernie, Obama, Bush, whatever. It's just time to have more respect than we do as a whole and to just have humanity for these, people, for these guys, men and women, 
who fight for us. Um, right or wrong, whatever they're there, that's a debate for another time, um, a whole other episode. But here we're just here to, uh, with no pun intended, salute the filmmakers. I'm going to give it a solid B plus, um, only because, you know, some people out there, they always go to a film expecting a perfect film, and Scorsese can't make the perfect film. So uh, we always really need to kind of have that perspective. Um, the second film, and again, we want to thank PR and Dave, David, whatever he goes by, um, for sending us these and reaching out uh, to pitching us because it was um, we found some good stuff. We're going to talk about another film that he sent to us in the wrap. Um, so we'll save that for you know. Tune in. We got a couple of more uh, Dancing with Films podcasts set set up for you uh, tomorrow. We're going to be talking about the LA Film Festival. I know it sounds dumb to be talking about another festival going on, but it's just what we have. And then we'll be talking about a Saturday night film for Dancing with Films. Then we're going to have our 100th episode on Sunday. We'll be reviewing The Hollow before its premiere at the, has the closing night film of the Soho International Film Festival. This showed at the Film South Film Expo, but uh, fortunately the director shared a screener with us before it even showed there. So we got to take a look at it and are going to get to review it um, for Soho. So please tune in for that. Um, now back to the Dances with Films coverage. I Live For You, again by a first-time director, uh, Monica Wesley, and it might be Monica, again, it's spelled M-O-N-I-C-A, or I-K-A. She's a co-writer, co-producer, and director, and like I said, this is a first-time director. Her film is going to be showing Wednesday, June 8th at 7.15, that's tonight. Um, this was a totally different film. This was a dark drama, comedy, mystery. Um, I'll read the synopsis and then I'll go into, and again, you know, dances with films. I always say the worst film I saw there was good. It just wasn't my cup of tea. I'm not big on sci-fi. never have been. I'm not huge on musicals. Um, I mean, sometimes people laugh at me that I haven't seen Sound of Music, but it's just because it's so long and musicals aren't my thing, but I know I need to see it. Uh, so I Live For You, uh, you know, a strong A minus. Again, any issues in the film was the pacing. Um, and again, that goes back to just first time directing. It's always going to be a fun exploration. Um, but this was a, this was a good film. And I'd really recommend it because it, it does take you to a place that you don't think you're going to go. And I love any time a filmmaker can do that because it means they had ambition and they put the extra effort in. And uh, the synopsis here is leaving his father's funeral, Sean discovers a note about a, an older half-brother named Henry that he never knew. When Sean arrives at Henry's house, he meets Kate, the mysterious man's stepdaughter. She is beautiful, disarming, and instantly captivating. This was a movie was very very well casted cast, sorry. Um the actor Sean played Sean and the girl um just outstanding performance. They had a lot of scenes with a lot of dialogue. Um and it it'd be really interesting to know how fast they shot it. But again, back to the synopsis, um Kate inf informed Sean that Henry is a dangerous criminal who sells drugs on the streets of LA. She agrees to help Sean find his brother, but without fair warning. 
As Sean spends time with Kate, he begins to fall for her, but nothing is really as it seems. As Sean gets closer to the uncovering truth, he wonders whom it is that he should really suspect. Now, this film was very unique because it starts out where you just think it's going to be a romantic comedy, and then it kind of starts to get a little bit heavy, and you're thinking, okay, this is dark comedy, and maybe for five minutes you're wondering what is going on here. You're not confused. You're not out of it as an audience member, but you're just going, okay, are these two going to fall in love? What's going on with this brother? And you start to kind of have this odd suspense. So I, when I, when I, I paused it and I went back to the synopsis, and I saw that it said mystery. So it was kind of cool because you don't really usually see comedic mysteries. Um, the one that I can think of, that is, again, to me, 15 minutes too long, is Woody Allen's Manhattan Murder Mystery. Great Woody Allen movie with Diane Keaton. Um, but, again, it's too long. So if Woody Allen makes films too long, we can't really fault um, first-time filmmakers. This film is not too long. The editing was great, kept it right on, the, right on track. It, it should not have been longer or shorter. And, uh, like I said, a superb a minus film uh live for you i live for you sorry um and you know it's it's kind of cool to see these films and know that they're first time filmmakers directing directors of feature sorry it's probably not the first time they made a film they probably made shorts or etc um but i can tell you from experience it is so hard to make a even make a bad movie that um to make a good movie is like, wow. I mean, I've been fortunate to produce five features and, and five shorts. Um, and I've produced some pure crap that would not have gotten into dance of the films that would uh, somehow got reviewed. I look back, I don't know how. Um, so I've gotten some awful reviews and that's part of the process too. And, um, but this one, you know, I just really enjoyed, and I really hope people can go out and see it, even if it's just to see something different. It's not your cookie-cutter film. It's not jam-packed with effects. And most of all, it's not a sequel. So with that, we want to thank again, thank PR, thank Dances with Films. It's always a joy to, for us to see new filmmakers and discover their works, their work, and, you know, keep their name in mind in their films and see what's coming down the track. Um, again, throughout the weekend, we'll have a few more episodes for Dances with Films with a wrap next week, and also mark your calendars next week for a review of The Hollow, which I met the director, Miles Doliak, at Dances with Films. That's why I mentioned it again, and he's going to be premiering his film at the Soho International Film Festival. So whether you're hearing this in the morning, afternoon, or evening, I'm going to sign off like I always do. Make sure and watch a good movie today. Aloha.